What is going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Fit Shit Podcast. I am really excited today to have Miss Sarah Ford, uh, who also does her own, own online coaching business. And today we're going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, as it is a current struggle of mine um, that Sarah can also speak on as she's going through her own journey in kind of healing her health. Um, one of the things that we do as competitors is we push the extremes, and it's incredibly important to not lose sight of your health and longevity in the sport when doing doing so. And unfortunately, a lot of the times you can come out of it and realize you've done a little bit more damage than you probably thought. So uh, Sarah, please introduce yourself. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks, Kate. I don't think I've done, it's funny. Your, your podcast is called the fit shit and we're talking about digestion and poop and stuff. <laughs> Cause I mean, that's like, it's literally one of my favorite topics too, because like we were talking about off, off air there's, I mean the old, you know, all disease, you know, begins in the gut. Like there's a lot of truth to that. Um, you know, I'm finding the more I learn, the more I learned about, um, you know, just the body and then my own body. And it's, it's really cool, um, to kind of nerd out on and then be your own case study, even though sometimes it's not fun to go through it. Um, you know, kind of the, the results are worth it. And I'm at the point where I'm kind of seeing that more now, um, those results, but, uh, you know, I, I know what it's like to, to be like, I don't, I don't know what direction this could go or like kind of just putting off the problem. Um, and, uh, that's probably something we'll get into too. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to me. And it's just one of those things where again, as athletes, we go into, especially competition prep and we're like, I'll do whatever it takes. And a lot of the time, I think the mentality that's pushed, I know the one that I, I had was, you know, it's not about, you know, how little can I do to get the result? It's how far am I willing to push myself, right? How, how aggressive can I sustain, right? As far as a protocol of cardio and, and, uh, calories, I, um, at this point in my journey was never, um, enhanced and I'm not at now at this point now, thank God, um, I'd probably have a lot more problems <laughs> systemically, um, than I already do. And so I really want to dive into, some of the things that you've worked through, I know that you're a bit further along in your journey than I am. So can you kind of talk about where you were at coming out of your competition? Um, and then I know that you are now working with Mark Tominick and kind of what uh, progressions you guys have taken based on your lab work, where it was versus where it is, and just kind of opening up your story. Yeah. So I competed last in 2019, um, that summer, got very, very shredded lean. Like, like you could see my organs lean, like Kate can, re can relate. Um, and I actually, you know, like I had a, like my reverse was fine. Like I was hyper metabolic and like had to eat a lot of food. And I think like end of 2019, I just still felt like I wasn't fully recovered. Um, I just felt like I still having a lot of fatigue hair was kind of falling out, um, still. So I wanted to get lab work done. So end of 2019 is when I got lab work done for the first time post-show, or I guess it was more like October. So like fall of 2019 and, you know, so I was at the time I was on birth control and that's a big part of kind of my thing is I was in a nutshell, I got my first cycle when I was 13, 14 years old, I got one period. And then around that time is when I developed an eating disorder, anorexia. So I never got my period back. 
um, naturally. And then when I was 17, I went on the birth control pill because didn't want to get pregnant. Um, so from ages 14 to 24, I never got a, a period, a cycle. Um, so that's like a big part of a lot of my, a lot of my personal hormone issues, I think less so competing, obviously competing compounds that, but looking at my labs, I mean, they reflected that I was on birth control, right? I mean, hormones were low as they, you know, you would expect on birth control thyroid wasn't, I was not hypothyroid ever, but thyroid could use, could have used some love. Um, so basically looking at that, I kind of started supplementing, started looking at, you know, different ways that I could support my body. Um, but I was also just kind of new to kind of getting into that side of things and kind of going at it on my own. So, um, in 2020, actually, actually during like the kind of like pandemic is when I decided like that year I wanted to get off birth control. Um, but I also knew that with my history, I was going to have to do a lot of prep work to do that. Like, I didn't want to just pull myself off of it after being on it for seven years at that point, almost like six years, six and a half years or something like that. And then with my, you know, my history. So I started working with Victoria Felkar on that side of things. And I learned so much from her and a big thing that I kind of uncovered. And, you know, she taught me through lab work, through symptoms was how not great my digestion was, um, and how that was impacting a lot of some of the labs that I was seeing. So like, for example, um, between like my symptoms, so digestion wise, I was basically from the end of 2019, like from my show until actually beginning of this year, I was having like loose stool, like diarrhea, basically like all the time. Um, and I was also, um, having some bloating things like that. And in my lab work, um, between my lab work and my symptoms, you know, we were, she was able to kind of show me that I had low stomach acid and I was also on a B vitamin complex, but I was B vitamin deficient based off my labs. So what that kind of tells you is you need stomach acid basically to, um, not metabolize, um, to yeah, absorb your B vitamins. So I was, I was taking all these vitamins and supplements, but because of my digestion, it was all, they were all just coming out straight through, you know, I was not getting any of that. Yep. So, um, kind of making a long story short in May of 2020 is when I really started getting more serious about the health side of things. So supplement accord, supplementing, according to my blood work, managing stress, not fasting. That was a big thing for me. I was like not eating until like one or two o'clock just because Mm. I just was not hungry. Like I just was not hungry. And it was because I trained myself right to not be hungry. And, um, you actually need to start eating like to produce stomach acid. Like your body needs calories, you know, the beginning of the day, like there's a lot of stuff we could get into with that, you know, circadian rhythm, stuff like that. But working on just different ways to lower stress, like, you know, mental stress, but then also like systemic stress, which includes, you know, feeding your body appropriately, working on any micronutrient deficiencies, balancing blood sugar, things like that. Um, so started all that work. Um, and then in September of last year, I went off the birth, I stopped taking the birth control pill. 
Um, and then fast forward a bit and I had a smooth transition, nothing like I didn't blow up. Um, like I didn't gain a bunch of weight or anything like what my, birth control were you on? I was on, um, it was called microgestin okay. FE. Um, was it was uh, oral. Yeah. Oral. Okay. So, and I was on the same pill forever. Like I never changed birth controls and I never noticed quote unquote side effects from the pill. But again, I was so young when I went on it that, you know, it's, you know, I think it served its purpose at its, at the time, but looking back, I would not have been on it that long. Like, and I just didn't know, you know, I didn't know, like looking back, maybe I would have, if I knew more, I would have stopped taking it after like three years or something like that. Mm -hmm. But you know, it is what it is. Um, so kind of fast forwarding a little bit, I knew with my history. So basically birth control pill, like it kind of turns off that connection, that HPA axis, you know, from your brain to your ovaries, like it kind of tells your body, okay, like, you know, that's how it works, right? Like we don't want to get pregnant. So it kind of stops, um, ovulation. And I knew it was going to take some time to kind of get my body back on board here. Um, so that was September of last year. Now, fast forward to this year. And, um, I started working with Mark Tominick around that time too, last year. Um, but trying to stay organized with my story, but this year, so beginning of this year, I still was having a lot of the GI issues that I mentioned in the beginning. And in like May, um, I got blood work done again after, you know, being off the pill for what was that like six months or so, because I still hadn't had my period back. And again, labs like just were not great. Like sex hormones were all pretty much tanked thyroid again, thyroid conversion wasn't terrible, but could use some love. Um, still, I was like anemic, severely anemic, which I hadn't, like, I felt fine. Like I didn't think I was that tired, you know, but all these things. And I was like, I really think that this is because I'm still having all this crazy loose stool and bloating. And I think I'm just not digesting and assimilating all these nutrients and not probably, probably detoxing well and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so that's when in May, um, or I'm sorry, June actually technically was when Mark and I decided to, to start running a gut protocol, um, and really working on my digestion. Now we kind of broke the rules or I broke the rules of test. Don't guess. Uh, we were thinking maybe something like SIBO hard to, hard to know for sure what I actually had but we decided to run a protocol without testing because at that point, like I had just dropped like 300 something dollars on blood work. And I was like, you know, let's, let's do this. You know, I made the decision to go forward without testing. And in my case, it paid off. Um, now in that gut. So I've been on that gut protocol since June of this year. And in that time, um, actually in July. So after being, in that gut protocol for a month, I actually got my period back, which was really cool. So I got my first cycle basically since I was 14. And since then I've gotten five in a row. So I just had my, I just checked in with, which for anyone listening like that may not seem like a big deal. And like, oh that my is God. a huge deal. I'm over here freaking out for you because that is amazing. It's like I, deal, right. Like I'm 25 and I went almost nine years, like nine years with nothing. Right. You know, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but what was I going to say? 
Um, so anyway, I had my, I checked in with Mark this week and he's like, I'm just really glad we did this, you know, protocol. I'm like, me too, because, you know, clear, like, and it, I think for me, like that just goes to show the connection between gut and hormones is like, we started clearing my gut. Um, and lo and behold, you know, and I've had five in a row, which is pretty damn good. So this is one that's phenomenal. So I want to say a couple of things. Number one, um, you know, a lot of people will postpone the investment in a qualified coach in health supplementation in getting their blood work done. And I'm going to tell you guys like hindsight's always 2020. So I can't speak for Sarah, but I can speak for myself. I wish I had acquired a coach who is knowledgeable, who's actually knowledgeable in, in blood work and labs. Um, you know, previously as I had invested in getting my blood work done, I should not have prepped. I was told it was fine and prepped anyway. Um, and you know, the consequence of that is me being in the position I am now. Um, and of course, between then and now I've acquired a lot more education, mentorship classes, um, to be able to understand blood work in labs and be able to help my clients address those issues. But just be sure, um, that you guys are taking the action to ensure the best possible outcome, um, from whatever endeavors you're choosing, right? That does not mean, and it will never mean that there are no adaptations during a prep or a dieting phase that is not realistic. However, if you understand where you're at going into it, right. And you can see where you're at coming on the outside of it, you can get back to baseline or improve that, um, doing it the proper way and proper being context dependent on the individual. So, you know, people listening to this, sometimes I'll get questions in my DM about, well, what do you mean by this? What do you mean by that? And I can't give you guys an honest answer because I'm not working with you in everyone's case. When you really look into it and any great coach is going to tell you, it depends. I'm not sure. I don't have enough information about you, right? Anyone that's making a blanket statement does not have your individual best interest at heart, right? There are certain protocols, of course, like creating a deficit. You have a couple of tools, right? But how you implement that, the strategy used, um, and based on that person's individual biofeedback, that's how you progress the deficit, right? It's not just cut and dry, drop calories, right. cardio, like that's just an example, but it's even more complex when it comes to your health and supplementing your health. And we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, health supplementation. So, um, Sarah, when it comes to kind of your gut protocol specifically, like what, how much would you say that you've invested in supplements and recovery models and stress management tools and like all of that stuff. Like it's very complex, but I honestly want people to understand if you put it off and you don't investigate it early, like how can this, you know, really, really spread you thin as far as like, you need to be able to invest and get the job done. Yeah. So financially you mean investing? Yeah. Okay. So supplement wise, I would say I'm going to say, I'm, I'm just going to go from like May to now, like in like with like gut health supplements and stuff, not previous supplementation though. It was probably around the same ballpark number. I would say around $200 a month, almost honestly. Yeah. I can say. In a gut protocol, you're not just, it's not just like one cap of this, you know, it's we're taking, and again, I'm really hesitant I'm, I wanted to, I wanted to do this podcast because we can talk more and give more context, but I don't really talk about my stuff on Instagram because I don't want people to copy. I don't want people to like, I want to help people, but like as coaches, we know like exactly what you said, like everything, like 
my history mattered here, my blood work, my symptoms, everything matters. It's not just what do your labs say? It's everything all together. Yeah. Um, and that's why I wanted to show that disclaimer. Cause I do want you to get into it, but I also want people to understand like, even like, for example, we were talking about supplements earlier, right? We both work with supplement companies, none of which do we purchase for health supplementation, right? Because sometimes they're, they're blended with different ingredients that if you ingest one of them, for example, I'll just use myself. And I use this example earlier, right? MTS. I love the company. MTS tyrant is wonderfully formulated for anyone that has normally balanced profiles. However, for myself, I, my estrogen and progesterone are basically non-existent along with my testosterone. So if I were to implement tyrant, which has dim in it, in my, in my estrogen levels are already basically basement level. Like they're non-existent. If I continue to suppress whatever my body is trying to make, that's going to cause more issue. And so whenever we talk about supplement protocols per the person, you have to understand that whatever they're incorporating is what is based on their lab work, based on their symptoms, based on their history. And so when Sarah and I talk about what we are doing to address the issues that we have that are underlying, even if we have the same, because I have gut issues as well, I guarantee our protocols are very different. Um, Mm -hmm. So just understand that when we're sharing this information, it's not for you to copy, it's for you to go, holy shit, this is an investment that they had to make. And my point is, invest early, investigate early, um, yeah. and make sure that you're doing this in the best possible way. Learn from our mistakes. Like that's why I share my story. Not because I feel bad about it. Honestly, I get excited. Cause I'm like, I'm going to learn a shit ton. I'm going to fix this. I'm very optimistic about the outcome and I'm only going to be able to help my clients better because of this. Right. And so you know, there's no like, woe is me thing. It's kind of like, holy shit, we fucked this up a little bit, but we're going to fix it. Um, and then we can share that with you guys. So, um, just understand that again, Sarah's going to open up here, I hope, um, and sharing what she has done, but please don't take this as this is something that you need to do. You need to take action, investigate, hire someone who's qualified. And that investment is expensive because coaches that invest in their education, their price points higher, right? They're investing in you and you should be investing in them for that purpose. So again, back to Sarah, I'm going to spin it back to you. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. So your first, I mean, my first stage was diet wise. So the first thing was we had to like clear my gut, right? Because like my symptoms were again, just kind of going over like loose stool, like diarrhea, like five times a week, probably, um, food in my stool, bloating, um, and then just symptoms related to that. So like fatigue, um, dehydration, um, probably, I mean, I definitely had some mineral imbalances, you know, with the loose stool. Um, so anyway, diet wise, first thing we did was start a low FODMAP diet. So pulled out all FODMAPs, which really wasn't that hard for me. Like sad, like couldn't eat like some veggies and stuff. Um, some fruits, but so low FODMAP, no dairy, no gluten, no alcohol, which again, that, that part wasn't a big deal for me. Then supplement wise. Um, so back to what I was talking about earlier, digestive, um, I'm sorry, BT and HCL for stomach acid. So started with that digestive enzymes, um, one specific formula, and then uh, an antimicrobial, um, a probiotic. And that was what we started with. I don't think I left anything out. Yeah. That was like, do like, um, uh, anything as far as like beverages, like now for me, I always start my day. I have to start with like aloe vera juice, apple cider vinegar. Not yet. I, 
I'm there now, but not yet. So that was the first like two weeks, I want to say. And then we added in a, um, I started, so actually about like three weeks in, I started to have constipation. So it switched and that was, and that was what Mark told me. And this is what you have to remember with like any gut or, or hormone kind of protocol is it might get worse before it gets better. Yes. Um, so I started a, like, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I think I started this one first. I started a, um, a binder. So like a, a formula that it's called GI detox and it has like activated like charcoal in it, basically kind of like pulling any like toxins together. Right. Um, and pulling them out. So that was, um, a binder. And I just ran one bottle of that. I wasn't like something I've, I continued. And then also a, um, a biofilm disruptor, because basically your, you have this, like you have biofilm in your, in your gut, and that's where some of the bad bacteria can live. And again, bacteria in your gut, like you want bacteria in your gut, but it's that overgrowth of the bad stuff. And the bad stuff likes to hide in that biofilm. So you want to disrupt that biofilm and get it out. So I ran one bottle of each of those of the binder and the, um, uh, and the biofilm disruptor on top of everything else and a probiotic too. I forgot about the probiotic. I think I can't remember. So that was all like the first month or two. Um, and then leading into things started. So things, oh, okay. And I forgot. So I was prior to, prior to the gut protocol, I was, my carbs were really high. I was like 350 carb, 55 fat, and then like 145 protein on training days. I had one training day a week that was like even higher than that. I want to say like 380. No, it wasn't that high. 360 carbs, something like that. It was like on average 350 carb. That's why I just said 350. Um, anyway, so I was, and then rest days were lower, um, lower carb, like 170 and then like 90 fat, something like that. Um, and then we shifted to a little bit more of like a moderate approach. I can't, I'm trying to remember exact numbers. I want to say I was like 240 carb on training days. And then like that, like 90 ish fat or 80 ish fat, something like that. Um, and then started the binder, um, started the biofilm disruptor and things were just still like, not like I was still kind of having that constipation. So he switched me to, um, to just high fat, moderate carb. So instead of having like training day rest day macros, I went straight, um, high fat. So like 105 fat. 190 carb and 145 protein. And that was like a big shift for me. So that was like September. And I, that was when I noticed that I was just a lot less puffy and kind of the thought with us doing that was that, I mean, some bacteria, like they feed on those carbs. Right. So I noticed a lot of uh, decreases in like just inflammation, like all over, like it got to the point, like I thought I almost went to get my ring resized, like my wedding ring, because I like, I couldn't get it on and off. Like I was so puffy and I was like, oh, I just, maybe I've gained weight. But during this time, actually, like my weight hasn't really changed. Like I, st I started around 120 and I'm around 120 now. Now my body. I'm proud of you for that, by the way. 
so proud of you for that because we can, I mean, we'll have to do another podcast. Yeah. That like, number for me in general is a big deal, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll have so, to do another um, podcast about that, but for now. Yeah. So my weight really didn't change much, but yeah. Anyway, like I remember like a week or two after I started that, um, the high fat, you know, kind of phase, I like my, like, I just felt so much less puffy and I was like, Oh, I don't actually need to get my ring resized. <laughs> like, cool. You know? Um, but yeah, so then about, so things started getting, you know, kind of much better and we kind of moved into phase two of the gut protocol. And that's where we, we switched enzymes. So a different formula because with digestive enzymes, there's so many different formulas. Um, you know, you might need something like there's pancreatic enzymes you might need. There's, um, you know, plant-based formulas, there's animal-based formulas. Like there's a lot of different digestive enzymes. There's not just like one enzyme, you know, there's a lot of different formulas. And the dosing of them is also drastically different depending on, even if they have the same type of, um, profiles, the amount that's also in them. And I think it's important for people to understand, even with ingredients, something as basic as a GDA, right? You could be overpriced and underdosed, which I see all the time. So understanding not only what's in the bottle, like, does it have the right ingredients? That's great. Does it have the right dosing? Yeah. That's important. And and then when I, when we talk about investment, keep in mind, like, I'm not just taking one of these a day I'm taking multiple. Yeah. Like I'm talking like three cat. Well, like everything is switched in at various times. So I can't give exact dosages, but like currently, for example, I take three caps of betaine HCL one digestive enzyme before every single meal, like that adds up plus the antimicrobial still plus the probiotic still. And then some of my other health supplements on top of that. So, you know, there's a lot there. So we shifted, um, about a month ago now to phase two, and that's where I kind of switched formulas on the enzyme And I also started incorporating what you were mentioning, the glutamine, L-glutamine and zinc, um, zinc carnosine. So that's a little, I don't do the aloe, but that's aloe is also great, you know, for stomach lining. And that's kind of the, the gut cocktail is what I like to call it with my clients. So, um, it's just your, your gut loves glutamine. So it just kind of helps support that gut lining because, again, we kind of like removed everything before that's that first phase. We like cleared the gut with those antimicrobials with the, you know, the binders, the biofilm disruptor, um, the low FODMAP. So we cleared the gut and now we're repairing it right with the, um, L-glutamine zinc, um, different formula, um, and increased dose on the HCL. And now we also just recently started reintroducing low FODMAPs because what something people often forget about low FODMAP, the low FODMAP diet is it's not supposed to be an an elimination diet forever. Correct. FODMAPs, like FODMAPs are really healthy foods. Like I was trying to explain to my mom what I was doing and I was, she was like, why can't you eat asparagus? Like it's like, and it's again, or apples or things like that. And these foods are great. They're super healthy, but for me, like they were causing like a lot of issues. Um, and not all of them, but the idea with the elimination diet is you eliminate them all. And then you reintroduce to see what you can handle. Um, and you might even find with the reintroduction that you can handle a certain quantity of a food, but you know, there's a limit for you based off, you know, your unique physiology. So for me, we just, we reintroduced blackberries. So I was blackberries have sorbitol in them. Um, so 
there's like a whole reintroduction phase with FODMAPs that maybe we can get into if you want. But anyway, I reintroduced successfully the blackberries. And then this one was huge for me, avocado. I successfully reintroduced, but prior to that, prior to this gut protocol, if I had more than like a sliver of like avocado in like a salad, like at a restaurant, say like I could handle that, but anything more than that, like I couldn't just eat, like I couldn't even eat like 70 grams of avocado. That would be way too much. And I would get bloated. And now like, I seem to be fine, you know, a week and a half into that. So pretty cool. Um, next up for me is asparagus that we'll reintroduce. So I'm still not in the clear here. My digestion is much better. I'm so much more regular. Um, something else that I've been doing, this is not something Mark gave me, but something I've been doing is I do just, uh, lemon water and apple cider vinegar and, um, Redmond's real salt first thing in the morning. And that really helps stimulate my digestion. That's something I like to do with clients too. Um, just kind of the acidity helps kind of stimulate, um, those good poops in the morning, plus all the hydration is really important. So, um, my training volume has also, or not my volume, my intensity has also decreased during this time. So, uh, once we started this protocol, I shifted to uh, two to three RIR. Um, so training with reps and reps in reserve when previously I was training to failure, um, a top set of every single set. So that was really hard. That was really hard. And then about when we entered phase two, he decreased me to just four days a week in the gym. Again, very hard for me. This, those were, these things were probably the hardest part. Um, and just really being mindful about stress management, um, doing all the things, you know, on that end. Yeah, no, there's, it's so complex for people. And it's interesting because we have some of the same symptoms. So like for my digestion issues, like I have more IBSC issues. And that's why I talked about like the aloe cocktail that I start my day with, but I also have adrenal issues, right? So my cocktail also has a strong dose of vitamin C and my vitamin B um, complexes and stuff like that to help. Um, so it's more than just, you know, Oh, I could copy Sarah, but I would literally, it wouldn't help me at all. Like our protocols are very different again, kind of just pointing out the importance of going through this based on your own individual biofeedback. And also remember that the gut interacts with your hormones. So like for me, I'm trying to address both with all of my protocols. And I don't know if at this point in your, when you're doing, when you're talking about your gut in phase two, like if your hormones are now in balance, um, where they should be, or if you're still working on improving those things. I'm, do you want me to go into that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still working on improving that. So Um, right now, Mark is just having me, he's just focusing on the gut I've been. So I track my cycle pretty closely. Um, I track my temperatures every single day. So I do basal body temping and through my charting. So charting my fertility signs. So basal body temperature, cervical mucus, like just symptoms in general, I do not think I've been ovulating, which there's a difference between a bleed, like a cycle, like a, there, it's called an ain't, and I can never say this word and <laughs> you spell it a ovulatory cycle and ovulatory. Yeah. An yep. ovulatory cycle. So that means I don't think I'm actually ovulating. So, um, and that's based off my charts, based off my interpretation of them. There's, you want to see like a peak in temperature, right? And then there's like changes in cervical mucus that happen along with that. And I'm not getting all of that. So I don't think that I'm ovulating. Now that said, 
I'm basically going through puberty almost in no sense in a way with that because I never had a cycle. Like I had one period. Like usually your first year, like as a teenager of getting like your period back or getting your period, your cycles are, you know, kind of a little bit all over the place. So I'm not stressing about that. Like I'm choosing to continue to monitor. We'll probably run lab work here at the end of the year to see where sex hormones are at. But again, low stress guys, I am not going to go run out and get labs every month. I'm not going to get, um, like strips to test if I'm ovulating or not. I'm going to go off my symptoms. Um, you know, again, like I'm not trying to get like pregnant. So it's like not the biggest deal in the world. So I'm just going to keep letting my body do its thing and let my body figure it out. And, you know, come December, January, maybe that's where we kind of shift once I'm out of this gut health protocol to kind of working on that a little bit more supporting that system. But, you know, if the gut's not good, you know, the rest isn't going to come either. So again, I think time is a really important factor here and not patient. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, if you guys have been listening to this, like I've been basically focused on my health in this way since May of 2020, when I started working with Victoria to prep my body to go off the pill. So I've been like religious about this for a long time. Um, and I'm seeing those benefits, but it's because I, I put in the work and the time and I'm haven't been freaking out about it. Um, there's been a couple moments that I freaked out about. I was going to say you have to be, I mean, a little bit, a little bit, cause I know I have my days. Like yeah. I am like, it's going to be fine. Everything's great and groovy. And then I have these moments where like, why do I feel like I'm 90? Like what is going on? You know? And it's, I think the hard part, low, are you low cortisol or high cord? Like, are you t- like, uh, high. Fatigue? okay. Okay. High. High I don't know what's good. I don't know what's better or worse to be tanked adrenals or high. Well, mine are just like all over the place. Like, okay. you know, it's like, I feel good in the morning. And then all of a sudden I like have zero energy after like two o'clock, you know, my testosterone was a six, my estrogen and progesterone are like non-existent. I have adrenal issues. Um, you know, I just, there's a lot, I have, um, really high CPK. So my liver and my, um, kidneys were an issue, but then we looked more thoroughly at it. Um, and it's almost like I have chronic rhabdo, which is why my training is very, very low, my training volume, because I'm just not recovering. And if you're not recovering, you're not doing shit, right. Me training at the intensity that I do has done my body more harm, like being chronically catabolic, like that's an issue. So, um, you know, pulling back Mm -hmm. and managing stress and trying to figure that out because again, I'm not getting any of the returns on that investment that I'm making. And it's more frustrating to me, but it also explains like why I've stalled for so long. Like I saw a lot of progress and then it's like, I'm stuck. And it's like, oh, well, if we look at your fucking hormones, Kate, like you don't have any muscle building properties right now. Like you're not in that, in that place, but you don't know unless you really look at it and investigate, why do I feel this way? And I think you can probably relate to this. Like I'm in a position I'm getting better. I mean, it's like you said, sometimes it gets better. Sometimes it's like worse and it's, it's just a journey, but there are days where I literally just don't understand what's going on in my body and it doesn't feel like it's mine. So it's like, it's, it's that, that for me is when I have the hardest mental days It's like, why do I feel this way? My body is not operating the way that it, it usually does. Like it's, and it's frustrating, you know, but you have to, 
again, like, don't be like me, (laughs) you know, investigate early and make sure that the people that you are investing in are qualified, which might cost you more to work with them. But the outcome is preventing you from going down these it, this, this path that Sarah and I have had to go down, um, you know, and it's, it's only going to make us better, especially for our clients and advocating for them in the right ways. But, you know, Sarah and I could talk about, we have one similar thing in our, in our gut issues, but even I don't have diarrhea. I mean, I, you know, my, my digestion is kind of wonky sometimes, sometimes it's good, sometimes bad. Um, you know, and I'm still addressing all those things, but I also have to remember that I'm my supplements, you guys, um, because again, we are talking about, we, we don't really buy products from companies because of the ingredients, not because they're bad, right. For normal people, you know, the idea is to help them kind of optimize their profiles. I believe, you know, I can't speak mm-hmm. for every company and the integrity of them, but ideally I hope that's what they're doing. However, you know, I have to take a fuck ton of supplements, uh, single dose ingredient ones, you know, to help with what I'm trying to achieve, right? Once we fix the gut, that's kind of the main priority because that does cascade into your hormones. Um, and so if, if, and Sarah made this point earlier, you know, I'm taking all these things and I'm not reaping the benefits because you aren't just what you eat. You are what your body absorbs. So if you're not getting the absorption in your gut, well, then if you're taking a glandular or if you're taking a B complex, or if you're taking supplements that your body with micronutrients that it needs, it's not absorbing those things it's not, it's not benefiting the hormonal profile that you're trying to support anyways. Um, so it's really, really important that you get ahead of that if you're having gut issues. And this is why, yeah, I track my clients bowels in their biofeedback, in their bloating. And I'm asking them about these things because if we're not paying attention to it and it gets on a hand and all of a sudden they're not pooping three days in a row. Well, I, I don't know that a lot of people know this, but like estrogen is stored in your stool and your gut. Like if you're not clearing that out, it's a detox process. Um, that's where you can have other issues hormonally that people don't even know about. And yeah. And so many women, especially like they just are like, Oh, I'm not pooping, but that's normal for me. I'm like, well, okay. Normal for you. Doesn't mean like, it's okay. It's It's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Normal doesn't mean okay. Or common, you know, maybe like, maybe you should say it's like a common issue, but it's not physiologically. It shouldn't be normal. And I don't think the goal should be perfect digestion. Like what does that even mean? <laughs> exactly. Like, what the hell is the definition of that? So like, you know, as a coach, like I don't freak out if like one day out of 10 digestion is a little off, but it's like, if it's like consistent, you know, or, or if um, I have clients reporting pattern. using like, um, laxatives or anything like oh, that, because they didn't, that you know, like, that's nuts. yeah, no, don't do that. Right. We need to investigate the, the issue here. What is causing this? Um, yeah. One day of like not pooping is not a big deal to me. But if you're going three or four days without taking a poop, that's alarming. Like what yeah. is going on here? We need to, we need to check this out, especially if it's a chronic issue, like week to week, you're only going once or twice. Um, you know, that's going to cause more issues down the road than you think. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, just managing your stress too, like in general, is just a huge part of this. And that means like your perspective, perception of everything. Um, I mean, I've invested too a lot in like things like body work. So like manual therapy, cupping, stuff like that. And this is like a little woo woo, like people might not believe me, but I, a month before I got my period back, I started getting body work done every single week. And sure enough, like a month after getting body work done every single week. And with that body work, a lot of like, it's not just like gentle massage. It was like digging, like painful. Like he would have me like, you know, like, um, 
So like kind of like Wim Hof breathing where like you inhale everything that you can and then you hold it until it feels like you're going to like choke and then like doing like the exhale and like exhaling everything out until it feels like you're going to choke, like doing that type of breathing while I'm, I was on the table. And I was doing that every once a week for a month. And after a month, I got my period back. And I like, there was a lot of, like, I was also starting working on my gut, but like that work, that breath work stuff and incorporating some of that in my everyday life, just being more mindful of my breathing. I think that was a huge part of it too. Um, yeah. I think stress management and for me, and I'm sure we're, we're very similar in our personalities. I think we're the same in anagram or however you say that word. Yeah. Three. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, stress perception and, and incorporation time for myself is something I'm not very good at. I'm very good at working for other people. I'm very good at saying yes. I'm very good at, you know, getting shit done. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, having ex- like that high functioning anxiety and just like, go, go, go all the time. My brain isn't shut off. Um, so I've had to really incorporate embracing pulling back, embracing just quiet time, embracing just, okay, it's time to tune out and setting alarms and reminding myself that like, if I'm not my healthiest and my best element and my best self, I'm not going to be able to show up to what I want to being my best self either. And so Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where sometimes you feel guilty taking that downtime. I'm sure you felt that at some point, but it's like, you have to remind yourself if I'm not my best, am I giving my best? No, you're not. Like that is the truth, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, and one thing I just started doing actually is investing in getting regular massages, deep, freaking painful tissue massages. And I did not know how many knots I had pent up in my fucking back and my shoulders, but I do now. And I was like, oh my God, like you think massage, you think relaxing. No, oh, my massage therapist is getting in there. I'm like, yeah. All right. I do, I go twice a month now. So like every other week. Oh my God. It's been such a game changer for me in so many areas. Um, and with like the pulling back, you know, with, and in setting boundaries, like with work and stuff, one thing that really, I mean, I've come a long day with a long way with taking rest days and it's still something I struggle with to be completely honest, but kind of when I made that shift to like respecting rest days, it was like, okay, I cannot possibly be who I say I am in the gym if I'm not taking rest days. And I apply the same thing with coaching and like work and relationships is I cannot, I cannot be the coach that I say I am if I am not taking care of myself, you know, like, like, like I said earlier, like I was like literally working until like one or two o'clock without eating, you know, how could I really be, you know, the best, you know, like productivity wise, you know, by, by doing that or, you know, not, not sleeping, you know, things like that. So that's, that's some of the, and again, it's still a work in progress for me, just like with, you know, the gym and rest days and stuff like that. But that's kind of where I go in my mind when I do have those thoughts or I am like feeling that push pull, um, you know, what do I do? Like, what's the right decision here? Yeah, no. And it's, it's hard because it's, it's hard to be like setting, setting those solid boundaries to yourself and advocating for yourself. Right. Because you have to remember at the end of the day, no one's going to advocate for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being honest with yourself where you're at, like really paying attention to what you need. Like, I'll be honest. Um, you know, I am, mm, stubborn, very stubborn, um, to really? the point where it's, it's, it's done. I've done my own 
harm. Like I, I made my bed, you know, this is just how I've been for so long. You know, I tore my knee playing division one basketball when it was already partially torn. Um, one, because I wanted to continue to play and start and produce. Um, so I just get my knee shot up with cortisone shots until it completely tore my patellar tendon. Like that's how my career ended because I was so stubborn and I was not willing to take a step back, um, to recover that it ended that way. Um, I mean, on, you know, at a division one level, your job is to produce. So I will say my coaches then were like, you're fine. <laughs> so, um, it's just one of those things, but the same thing comes with training. Um, I will train to failure all fucking day long. If I've got, you know, energy drinks, which caffeine we can talk about too. Like there was a point in not this prep this year, but the prep before I was having 1.2 grams of caffeine a day. Um, and I am not a large human, um, at that point, I think I was about 120 pounds dieting down. So, I mean, when I was stage lean, I'm, I'm about 110, 108 ish, um, drinking that to get by fasting because we're low calorie doing all those things. Right. I mean, I was on like three hours of cardio. Like I was just, you know, crushing it. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I will do whatever you tell me to do. I will do the craziest fucking shit because I have, I have no boundary there. And so Mm -hmm. now it's like, just because I'm willing to do it, I have to remind myself, you don't have to do that, Kate. You don't have to fucking kill yourself. You don't have to get that extreme. And I think some of us, and you probably felt this way too. Um, there's a part of me that has this like belief that I'm somehow broken and the rules don't apply. So Mm -hmm. I have to do it otherwise. Like, and I don't know where this fucking belief came from, but it's ridiculous. And I tell myself that all the time, but still in the back of my head, just like any bad habit that creeps up sometimes, like we have those thought patterns too. It's like, Kate, you don't want to do this, but you must like the only angel kind of advocate thing. And, you know, now that I have those days where I feel like I'm on my deathbed. Um, I've really embraced those as my, as my rest days. Like yesterday was one of those days where I could not do anything. My body hurt, ached head to toe, my joints, everything. And like, I know myself, whereas when I have like a, a flare up, when I'm like overtraining, I'll swell eight to 10 pounds, like overnight, ridiculous. Like my body is just like, fuck off. Like you're being dumb. And so like, that's a really scary inflammatory response that I've experienced three or four times. And so when I start to get the symptoms of, if you keep going, you're going to blow the fuck up. Like, that's not good. Like I have to just zombie, like just fucking yeah. chill out. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what I tell myself is that's like the universe telling me to slow down because I am someone to like, I often have to wait until the universe is screaming at me or my body is screaming at me for me to pay attention. So in this process, really learning to listen when my body talks to me, you know, and not waiting for it to scream, but it's hard. I mean, legit, I dealt with, I had diarrhea for over a year and a half and I was like, it's fine. Like, (laughs) no, it's not, it's not okay to see food in your poop. Like it's not normal. Like it's not normal to have hours, you know, not be able to leave the house, like, because you need about ba- uh, the bathroom. Like, I mean, the scariest thing for me when it's like, that is like, am I going to fart? or Am I going to shit myself? Like, you know, when you <laughs> want to pass gas and you're like, Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, and, and this, okay. Something else. Oh, I really want to touch on, um, is talking to your coach, like details. Like I was, so like I said, like I started working with Mark, like last year, like in, um, August ish. And I was dealing with the loose stool then, but then like come like 
May of this year, when I got those lab work, those labs back, I was like, Mark, like, it's like really loose. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, I'm like, I'm going to get like, be graphic with your coach because like I've said, I've had my clients, like I've sent them like a Bristol stool chart. Cause I'm like, I need to know, like, what does it look like? Like, like, don't send me a picture. Like, I don't need that, but like, you gotta be kind of graphic with your coach or like, I've had clients like confide in me, like, you know, Hey coach, like this, like whatever has been going on, like I've been feeling bad for like a month and I haven't told you because I just want to power through and I want to I want to, you know, impress you. And I don't want you to think I'm not working hard. And I'm like, Oh, Whoa, slow down. I think you're working the hardest by showing up and telling me this and, you know, challenging that belief that you have to do more. Like that's the hard work. Um, when, you know, discipline is not running yourself into the ground when that's your natural tendency. Discipline is fighting the natural tendency and slowing that, slowing down and doing the hard thing that you need to do now to get to where you want to be long-term. Yeah. And it's funny. I, um, I made a post the other day. This just reminds me of this. Right. And I said, act like an athlete. If you want to be treated like an athlete, you say you're an athlete, act like an athlete. And of course the Instagram trolls of the world want to take that. Like I'm saying, you have to be perfect in your off season, you must train and you must do these things. And I'm like, you're putting words in my mouth because nowhere did I say that right now as in for me to act and even operate like an athlete, I have to pull the fuck back. That is my protocol. It's being coachable in your own element and showing up to those obligations, not being a fuck fucked hard and like being an asshole to yourself, eating like an asshole, you know, doing all the things that are not conducive to your athletic performance or showing up as your best self in whatever endeavors of your life, right? Showing up as your best is, should be your standard, right? That is the standard at which you should operate if you want to continue to perform in whatever endeavor in the health and fitness realm that you choose. Um, so I think, you know, there are certain things. And again, this is why I love podcasting and I hate like Twitter and Instagram caption because people will take one phrase and fucking run with it. Like they took an abstract sentence and decided to make a post on how you can fuck it. Cardio doesn't matter anymore. Like apparently that's a thing right. now, right? You just, it's, it's so context dependent and so complex, um, that it's not just a one size fits all. And this is the way that you must navigate each season, which comes back to that one-on-one -on -one coaching principle and advocating for where your blind spots are. And I've talked about this a lot. Um, for me, I'm very self-aware. That doesn't mean I'm very good at fixing my self-awareness or my issues or my habits, but I am aware of them. Um, and you know, one thing for me is my investment in a coach. Um, one is mentorship, but two, I need that voice to tell me to pull back because I won't. And I know that about myself, then I have to effectively and transparently communicate my thoughts, my feelings, where I'm struggling. And, you know, my coach at this time is, is good at being like, we just have to kind of rephrase the way that you think, retrain the way that your brain thinks about how you have to train and how you have to do these things. Um, and I've, I've just really tried to embrace that. And when I'm having a day, um, you know, I include it in my check-in. I include like, Hey, this day, I just struggled a little bit and blah, blah, blah. And then we'll have the conversation that we need to have by no means our Sarah and I, perfect. But I also think this is why as coaches, it's important to invest in coaches that you can learn from, um, that can teach you things, mentor you through things, but also like we are not our 
best, most objective human beings. Like we are all our harshest critics. And so, you know, rest days used to be hard for me. And now I just embrace them because I'm a zombie, but <laughs> you know, I remember like, Oh, my steps, like tracking my steps as if they're hundred percent accurate. Like I used to be really hyper-focused on, I must hit this step number, yeah. um, you know, and all those different things. And it just comes down to you're stressing yourself out about your protocols, what you're doing, which is causing more stress management issues. And then, and man, Mark for me too, just having someone where I don't go down the rabbit hole of researching what formula I should take or this or that, like, I just pass it to him. Like I, I do what he says and I trust him, you know, and, and handing that off is so helpful. And like, like you said, like, I, I would not have pulled that back to four days a week, but he was like in this phase stress management is even more important than it was in the last phase. And you, you gotta do it. And, and I will, I'll do what he says, right. Because that's who we are, you know, we're athletes and, and bodybuilding's the only sport where there's no off season. Like it's like, you know, it's not like, you know, basketball or football, like they have an off season. That's and- what I tell people all the time. And it's not even just the off season. It's a 24 hour thing. Yeah. It's not a, you gotta be at a practice for the next two hours. And then maybe do some body work or like, you know, go to PT, but, um, you know, you eat the meal. Yeah. Yeah. You're on it on, you're on it. Your rest days matter. Your step, like your movement patterns matter. Your food sources matter. Your training volume matters. Your recovery aspect matters. Your sleep matters, right? All those things fucking matter. Um, you know, and it's, it's showing up and checking the boxes, even if the box says don't do shit, right. Check mm-hmm. that box. Um, I like that. I like that. That's good. You can make a post on that. I'll re- I'll re- reuse it. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, Some cute Canva graphic. <laughs> it'll be awesome. Um, even maybe we'll do like a template for the for the podcast episode. Actually, that will be that will be dope. Um, but yeah, so I think this is a great place to kind of pause this. I know we can deep dive into some other things. Maybe next time we'll talk a little bit about FODMAPs and like how you incorporate those and like remove them and then bring them back in and assessment times and all that stuff. We can get into kind of deeper dives. I think Sarah and I will probably do series on like our health updates and where we're at, how we're progressing as she's still working through stuff and Lord knows I am. So, um, Sarah, uh, I will link all of your stuff below. Uh, but if you have any last comments that you want to include, please share that with the audience. I know trust the process sounds really like cliche, but like, like Kate said in the, you know, earlier, find a coach that you can trust, you know, a health practitioner that you trust and trust it and just let your body do its thing. The body is so resilient, so resilient. Your mind is so resilient, but you have to give it the opportunity. So um, yeah, I mean, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Ford Bishop and all the links are there. So I appreciate it, Kate, because like I said, I haven't really talked about this in detail because, you know, Instagram's a man, but podcasts are a great platform for it. Yeah. Instagram right now. I feel like Instagram stories right now with coaches is like, this is like Twitter. Like there's a lot of sub tweets that go on and I'm just like, Oh my God, the best coaches I know in the industry. And this is totally a side rant that we can talk about another time, but I feel like they're not even concerned with what other coaches are doing. And then you have coaches that are like on their story, rah, rah about what other coaches are doing. I'm like, work on your clients, like work on yourself. Gosh, that's the truth. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will be back with another episode talking about our health updates. Um, I will link all of my information as well as Sarah's below. And if you guys enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review uh, and we'll be back soon.
Bye.